KYW News Radio Original Podcasts. It's just a good conversation with somebody that you didn't know you were interested in. I'm Matt Leon, and this is One on One. When I, I, I remember very vividly as the play was developing, seeing that Chris was open, and as soon as Arch threw it back to him, I just started walking on the court just instinctively because I knew it was going to go in. He never passed up a shot he could get off, let alone an open shot. I knew he was going to shoot it, and I knew it was going in. And our guest this week is Kyle Neptune, who is taking over as the head men's basketball coach at Villanova University, of course, replacing the retiring Jay Wright. And Kyle, thanks so much for the time. Well, thank you. Great to be here. As we're talking here, it's been a couple weeks of what had the first couple weeks on the job been like. I'm sure it's been a whirlwind of activity. Yeah, you know, um, you know, it's you know, honestly, um, you know, just just took over Fordham last year. Um, and we had to recruit 10 new players and nine coaches. Uh, I had to hire nine coaches so uh, and learn a completely different university, a completely different way of doing things. So compared to that, honestly, the transition has been easier, uh, keeping the entire same staff, um, uh, keeping most of the players and um, already having some familiarity of campus and what to do. So it's, it's actually been an easier transition, uh, believe it or not. So I'm curious because this was such a well-kept secret at this level. It is incredibly impressive. Without betraying any confidences or whatever, I'm just curious, how was this first broached to you and what was your initial reaction in your head when this is all first talked to you? Yeah, so um, I, I have a great relationship with uh, Mark Jackson, our athletic director. I look at him kind of as a mentor. Um, so I, we stay in contact throughout the year. Um, and he had mentioned this a little bit in confidence. And I just didn't believe him just because I uh, had talked. Uh, I, I'm, so many times mm-hmm. coaches said this. Coach Wright has said that he was going to retire, sometimes out of a fit of rage. Um, <laughs> but uh, now you said this numerous times in the past, like legitimately more than five times, almost every year that I've been here. So I'm thinking, all right, all right, this is a coach being coached. It's the end of the season. He'll he'll be okay. Um, it's not going to happen. And then I definitely didn't think or know that I would be the guy, right? So I heard about it. And then legitimately, um, you know, I think things got accelerated when uh, Mark asked me to come interview. Um, and that was like a no exaggeration three or four day turnaround. Um, and then, you know, I, I interviewed and found out I got the job in the same day. Were you impressed at that? How well it was kept secret? I mean, just knowing how the sausage is made with everything that there wasn't any incline inclination anywhere that something was happening. No, nah, um, I think we're incredibly uh, tight knit here at, at Villanova. So definitely not surprised. Um, we were, were you know, really close, um, incredibly tight knit. So definitely not surprised. So let's talk about your life in basketball, earliest basketball memory growing up. Uh, watching Michael Jordan play for the Bulls. Um, definitely my earliest and fondest memories of basketball for sure. Were you a kid that did you focus mostly on basketball? Were you playing whatever was going on in the neighborhood with your friends? Yeah, I was playing other sports, but uh, basketball is always my primary interest. When do you start to realize that you're pretty good at it? Like, 
that you're getting picked first or you're starting to get more attention than other kids? Was there like a tangible moment even at like 12 or 13 where you're like, okay, I this seems a little different than everybody else's experience? Yeah, well, you know, I had a pretty unique experience in the in the um because I went to a small private school. So there I was kind of a rock star, right? But then in playing in the neighborhood and playing with the AU team I played with, I kind of was like a role player. So I had both experiences. Um uh so I I, I think it kept kept me pretty humble. Uh, so I had I had a bunch of different types of experiences. Now you went to Brooklyn Friends for high school, correct? Yes, yes I did. And you guys won a state title there correct yeah my uh senior year um you know we had a great band of uh, uh guys um they were actually um all my in the same class i think the starting line was all seniors maybe one junior um and they had one uh in at junior varsity level they had all won the uh the highest at one at the highest level um you know a couple years before and I was playing varsity as a freshman. Um, and so when they came up, I think my junior year, we had a year together. And then um, we we were so tight-knit and had known each other, most of them, since like sixth grade. So we had a, a really, really tight-knit team and ended up winning the state championship. What was that experience like? It was great. I think anytime you win at a high level, doesn't matter the level. Um, you know, it's a special thing um, because there's a lot of a lot of things you have to overcome and you have to be um, very close as a team to experience that type of success. So um, it was definitely a great experience. When do you start to think about playing college basketball? When I say think about playing, I think every kid that plays has dreams about it, but there's the dreams and then there's the the phones ringing. I'm getting letters. This could really happen. You know, when does that do you remember when that started to, to come together? Yeah, I think like my uh, junior year, I started getting recruited, um, you know, and you know, even in my sophomore year, just seeing kind of, okay, this is the path, like going to college. Like you don't know that growing up, right? I think you're singularly focused on playing in the NBA, right? And then I think like maybe eighth, ninth grade, you're like, okay, you go to college and that happens first. And that's when I, I kind of, I think eighth, ninth grade, I was aware of, uh, you know, that that was going to be the vehicle. Um, and then by my junior year, I think I started getting some recruitment and decided on Lehigh uh, my senior year. So, What was it about Lehigh that sold you on, on going there? Um, you know, I wanted to go to an academic, um, uh, a high academic institution. Um, there was a new coach at the time that I, I, I built a good relationship with, and I liked the players on the team. So I think uh, that was uh, kind of the my, my hook. You play at Lehigh, and I believe your freshman year, you guys went to the tournament. You guys won the Patriot, correct? Yes, yes. My freshman year um, won the conference championship, had a great player, Austin Rowland and Jose Oliveira, who were uh, – Jose was actually my roommate um, and housemate all four years of college. Um, and those two guys were incredible players and led us to a conference championship, which was awesome. And you guys, if I remember correctly, you guys were in the play-in game, the the first four in. Oh man, that I mean, honestly, I think I believe personally that whoever wins the conference uh, championship should be in the NCAA tournament. Uh, uh, you know, because I I do feel like we felt cheated for sure, um, but ended up losing in that playing game. Um, but it was still a great experience, and uh, you know, with with those guys, and we, we built. Uh, great relationships and, and fond memories uh, of those times. 
I had a question here I wanted to ask about the fact I know you came off the bench almost exclusively your first couple of years at Lehigh and you're a guy that scored you know more than 1600 points in high school was that tough but then you mentioned on the playground kind of being a role player did did that experience make it easier to I don't want to say accept because you're playing but to like okay this is my role everybody wants to start but this is how I can help the team and and let's go I think basketball was very different back then um there wasn't there definitely wasn't a transfer portal um and I think the you know kind of the thought process back then especially was that you came in and earned your time um, and it wasn't as much where if you don't play as a freshman, it's like the end of the world. I don't think, I don't think that was a thing back then. Um, some people played, um, and some didn't. And, and you, if you weren't one of those guys, you thought, okay, let me just go ahead and earn this. So that was my thought process. I, you know, it was a team guy first, and you know, again, I was lucky enough to play on some really good teams. How would you scout yourself as a player? What did you bring to the table? Uh, I think I was, especially in college, more a defensive guy. Um, you know, I, I think I tried to play as hard as possible, um, more of a like a slashing wing, I would say. When does the idea of coaching enter the realm? Is it something you always kind of figured would be in the equation or you're done playing, I still want to be connected to the game and this is the path I, I can take? Yeah, definitely growing up and even through my college uh, life, absolutely zero thoughts in about coaching. Um, you know, and I think you, you just said it like, you know, after you, you, I was playing, uh, graduated, um, went overseas, um, went to Lithuania, Latvia and Puerto Rico all in one year. And, you know, I think that was the best thing that happened to me because and I played at a pretty high level over there. Um, and, you know, I, I, I now know that I got the good fortune of getting cut all place, all the places I played. Um, and it kind of said like, all right, well, you, you're probably going to have to think about doing something else. I, I, I think that was the first time I ever thought that, okay, I might not be a player. Like I, I don't, I, it never entered my mind. So um, that summer I was back in Brooklyn, my parents' house. And I was, you know, kind of, uh, just trying to stay around the game as much as I could. And a friend of mine, uh, well, a, a former coach of mine at the time was going to, uh, he, he was a scout with the New Jersey Nets at the time. And I was kind of tagging along with him going to different, um, you know, going to the to, uh, NBA workouts um, and those those uh, pre-draft workouts. And, you know, I, I then going to camp, different camps with him as well. And uh, I ended up being like, wow, this is pretty cool. Like I could stay around the game. Um, and that's the, I, I think I was, I was trying to actually be, um, you know, I let him know and I let some of the other people I knew in the business, uh, that I wanted to be a grad assistant. Um, and I don't know if coach Wright even knows this. So I was trying to be a grad assistant and, you know, someone made a call for me to, to at Villanova and I got a call that they were looking for a video coordinator. And of course I wasn't going to turn that down. So, um, yeah, I was trying to be a, 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 a grad assistant, ended up being a video coordinator at Villanova uh, at 24, 23, 24. Do you, remember your, do you remember your first conversation with Jay Wright? Yeah. Well, you know, honestly, on the interview, I barely talked to Coach. I, it was more of the staff. Um, Pat Chambers was, the, um, was kind of my connection, and he knew a bunch of the people I knew in New York. Um, he was kind of my my connection. He's the person who kind of brought me on. I, I met with Coach for like, no exaggeration, maybe thirty to forty five minutes, 
And of course, like, I mean, I was in awe of him at the time, like just hadn't met him, but, um, you know, I, I remember uh, just having lunch with him on campus and him being an incredibly cool guy that I was like, this would be amazing to be able to work for this guy. So, Video coordinator, often a thankless job in college basketball. Uh, did you take to it right away? Did you enjoy it? Was it a, was it a grind? Uh, what, what, what were your takeaways from that segment of your career? Well, I mean, I think the, the takeaway was that I was extremely uh, un, unqualified for the job. Like, I had no idea what I was doing. Um, yeah, I think as most former players, um, you're a warrior, right? You're only thinking about playing basketball every day. And uh, those uh, the, the intricate details of having a real job was definitely a shock to me. Um, and I, I had to learn on the fly and learn quick. And I had great, um, great mentors with the assistant coaches and Coach Wright um, that helped help lead me along the narrow, uh, straight path. And uh, ended up, I think, maybe halfway through the year, finally, um, you know, getting through it and and get on some level playing uh, uh, level ground. How much does this role help you when it starts to becoming? Uh, X and O and kind of breaking down and scouting players, stuff like that. Like, even if that's not maybe the main focus, you're a basketball guy, you're watching film constantly for this job. Even if you're not trying by osmosis, this, this has to be soaking in. Yeah. I mean, you know, think about the big East, especially at that time, um, you know, Syracuse, Louisville, um, Notre Dame, um, you know, the league is really different. Uh, I think at that time, I think most people would have said it was the best conference, especially for basketball. I think that was widely accepted at that time. So you're learning, you're you're watching a, a lot of different styles and you're getting, um, you're, you're growing uh, immensely because you're, you know, like you said, watching so many games. You know, so, you know, you watch a lot of basketball and the more you watch, the more you learn. What's your takeaway from that 09 season where that you guys go to the final four. I mean, you know, honestly, at that time, I was holding on for dear life, um, just as a, a as a young guy in the business, really not knowing what I was doing and getting mentored by you know Jay Wright and you know Pat Chambers, who's a that went on to be a, a, a successful head coach and all, all these different guys that I was honestly at the time in off, you know. So it was an incredible uh, ride for me. I, like it, I was really lucky to uh, be a part of that. Um, as my first year Final Four, I mean, I don't think you could uh, draw it up better. Do you, you talk about your, you know, over your head stuff like that? Are there moments when you're thinking that this might not be for me, or do you see a path even as you're getting acclimated? Um, no, I, I never thought it was too much. Um, I just, uh, I think the competitor in you. Uh, takes over at a certain point. Now, similar to when you're a freshman in college and you like, you know, experience college basketball first time. Yeah, you're like, whoa, this is this is this is interesting. This is this is tougher than I thought. But I don't think I ever, you know, thought about it. I was like, oh, I'm over my head. I can't do this. Um, it was just kind of like, all right, this is different. I gotta, you know, I gotta kind of like, you know, get get here and settle in and make sure I'm operating at an extremely high level. Once you find your find your rhythm in the role what becomes your favorite part a, a video coordinator talking a about? video coordinator job yeah um uh, 
No, always. I think my favorite thing in college basketball and being a, a coach at this level is the relationships you're um, fortunate enough to make with the players um, and, you know, just being a part of their life and um, watching them grow and helping them grow. Uh, I'll, I'll, like, you know, even now to this day, I think that's the thing I enjoy the most. Now, after a couple of years at Villanova, you, you go to Niagara to be an assistant, correct? Yes. Yes. So Coach Wright, um, you know, he you know, helped me um, get two interviews. One was at Niagara. The other was at Wagner um, with Coach Hurley. Um, and uh, I went on both interviews. I was lucky enough to get the uh, Niagara job. And, um, you know, we were there. I, I was there three years with Coach Mihalik, who was an excellent coach, like, you know, brilliant X and O guy. Um, and, you know, after the third year, he ended up getting the job at Hofstra University, and I followed him there as well. So it was definitely a great ride with him. What were the biggest takeaways from from him and your time at Niagara? Um, you know, uh, Niagara was a was a complete a different situation than, you know, being in, you know, first New York City and then uh, here in Philadelphia. It was a completely different type of town. So I think it just socially it took a little bit of time to adjust to that to that town. Um, but, you know, for me, it was a great time because I was, um, you know, really didn't have much else to do. I had to really lock in and focus on basketball. Um, and uh, Coach Mihalik, um, he's really unique in the sense that he puts so much time into uh, the game. Um, and we, we would literally, you know, almost every day have um, uh, a three hour meeting to plan practice. And, you know, I don't know if I loved it at the time, but I know now that that was uh, a great time for me and a great uh, it was great for my development as a coach. Favorite memory of that portion of your career? Uh, well, our last year, we ended up winning uh, the uh, the MAC conference regular season championship. Um, and we had freshmen and sophomores. Um, and Coach Mihalik did a great job coaching that team. He ended up I believe he ended up getting the coach of the year that year. Um, and we, we weren't fortunate enough to get to the NCAA tournament where we did play in the NIT. So I always looked at that as a great accomplishment. So you mentioned you, you follow him to, to Hofstra, but then the opportunity to come on staff as an assistant at Villanova uh, comes around. What's it like to, to return to the main line and, and how does that feel different than, you know, coming on board as a video coordinator? I'm sure it's a different dynamic. Well, coming back after spending time at Hofstra was, again, like a dream come true. Um, you know, you're going through that in Niagara. It's a completely different level. Um, and, you, of course, you're, you're looking at your guys at, um, at Villanova and they, you know, you, you, um, you know, want to be a part of that, right? It's just like kind of where you came from. It was my starting point and my benchmark of success. So, you know, being able to come back as an assistant was a dream come true. What is it? Like, what was your main focus as an assistant the early years uh, on your time with Villanova? What was your your main? Was it recruiting? You know, was it practice? Kind of where where was your your focus during those your when you come on board? Yeah, so I mean, our coach had an incredible uh, support structure and uh, a great. Uh, he, he just had it going right. Uh, he, he just knew exactly what he wanted. Um, and at that time, um, I just try to kind of fit in as a young assistant. I tried to fit in 
Um, and, you know, I think one of the areas I thought I could make an impact was in recruiting and just creating really good relationships with our guys. Um, and that's what I focused on in the, in the early years. Um, you know, I think that, you know, it was good for me to get on the road. I was on the road a lot, um, just creating relationships, seeing a bunch of players. And then when I was on campus, a big piece of my job was to just spend as much time with the guys as I possibly could. Um, you know, and again, those are fun, fun memories. Time for a break on one-on-one. We will continue our conversation with new Villanova University men's basketball coach Kyle Neptune right after this. And we are back. Our guest this week on one-on-one, new Villanova men's basketball coach Kyle Neptune. So you guys are having a ton of success at Villanova, but then the 15-16 season, the first national championship, the shot. What At what point during that season do you start to think, man, we've got something really special and we are going to be a very difficult out. I don't think we ever uh, even thought about it until it was over. Um, you know, you go through that season and you're you know, focused like almost singly, all right, next game, next game, next game. Um, and I, I really don't think we, you know, realized the magnitude of it until the season was over. Uh, I mean, obviously Chris hits that shot in the national championship. Um, yeah, honestly, I don't know if we figured it out until – days or months after um, with the celebration, how big of a, a deal it was. I think that's the first time when we were like, okay, now we're going to go to the White House. We had a parade and like all, all those things. It's like, oh, okay, this is a, this is a big deal. Do you remember? I mean, I, I shouldn't say, do you remember what is going through your mind when Chris Jenkins raises up there? Uh, I mean, are you a coach at that point? Are you a fan? Are you like, where are you in your mindset in that at that moment? When I, I, I remember very vividly as the play was developing, seeing that Chris was open. And as soon as Arch threw it back to him, I just started walking on the court just instinctively because I knew it was going to go in. I knew he was going to shoot it because he's never passed up a uh, he never passed up a shot. He could get off, let alone an open shot. Um, but I knew he was going to shoot it, and I knew it was going in. Like I, I just knew it. Like as soon as it, as soon as he threw it back, and I, and it, the seas kind of parted, and he, you saw that he was going to be open. I knew it was going in. So you talked about the celebration. What was your favorite part of winning a national championship? You said the White House, the parade, the locker room. After, like, if you had to look back for the first one, what was your favorite part? I think uh, you know honestly, it's the the time you spend with those guys and what and like through that season, the relationships and like I mean, even though you win a championship, you go you go through highs and lows, um, and you know going through those highs and lows and watching those guys mature and you know just you know achieving something that's you know almost a once in a lifetime experience together, um, you know the, the the time in the locker room, the time on the buses, uh, those those things are the the memories that you have from the season are. Are more impactful than anything. So then you're on staff two years later. You guys won a second national championship in 2018. It's it's amazing. 2018. I don't think that run gets enough credit because that was in this day and age to have a team. I don't think you guys lost a game. You guys won a game by fewer than double digits during the NCAA tournament, which is unheard of. How did that run? Did that run feel any different than 2016? Yeah, I think it did. I think it did. Um, I think we saw pretty early just in practice 
Um, at least I did. Like it was like insane, like competitiveness and the drive. And you had a couple guys who had achieved success, a lot of success over the first couple of years. Uh, of course, a lot of them experienced a national championship. But even before and you take out the national championship at that time, we were winning like 29, 30, 30 games almost every year. So you had guys in the program who had done a lot of winning and were extremely um, uh, successful. Um, and coming into that year, watching them compete early, it was it was pretty impressive and pretty, um, you know, I think we knew like this, this, this team was going to be pretty good. After being... You talk about recruiting and after winning two national championships, can you sense a difference when you're out on the road? I mean, just in how, in the calls you're getting, the places you're going, how people are responding to Villanova's in the house. Like, you know, it, it, it has, I would imagine, you know, recruiting in 2015 and recruiting after the 2018 season, is it almost different worlds? Um, You know, I think, Definitely, I definitely think that you know. Obviously, to say that the national championships didn't put a coach and this program in a different light, I have to say that I think would be a lie. But um, you know, I think we still recruit the same type of player. Um, you know, and that didn't really change as much. Um, definitely got a little couple more calls though, for sure. <laughs> at what point during your run on as an assistant at Villanova? Is there a point where you start to think internally, I feel like I'm ready to to run a to have my own program? Because I think everybody, once again, like being a younger, everybody wants to do it, but I feel like I'm ready. Do you remember having that kind of internal conversation with yourself? Yeah, you know what? I mean, for so long, I didn't ever even think about it. Um, you know, even through those championships, I really never gave it any thought. Um, you know, I was just so focused and locked in on trying to help Villanova be the best Villanova it could be. Um, but I think like, you know, uh, after that, that COVID year, um, where we are pretty much sitting around, uh, in our houses for, you know, seven months. Now, I think that's the first time I got kind of gave it some thought, um, and what it would be like. And I, I felt like I was ready. So how does the opportunity at Fordham, is that something that you hear there's an opening? You think this is a good opportunity? Is there somebody that says, hey, I think this would be a good fit for you? Kind of how does that come about? Yeah, I mean, you hear that these, these um, obviously a job opened. Um, and I think it was it was known that it was open going to open for that entire year. Um, so it's definitely something I have my eye on just being uh, from New York City. Um, have an opportunity to coach in the 810 at a very similar institution to, as Villanova in terms of uh, just academically and the, the kind of the look and feel of campus. Um, so it definitely was something that I, I thought about and I looked at um, and, uh, you know, kind of I, I had I had an agent at the time. I think he just uh, kind of, you know, talked to them on my behalf and I was lucky enough to get an interview. What is the First thing you learned as a head coach, or I shouldn't say learn, but the first thing that you never thought you'd have to deal with that you had to deal with as a head coach, was there kind of a thing that you like, oh, I don't even realize, I didn't realize this was going to be on my plate. And I'm sure you were well prepared, but there's types of, I'm sure there are things you don't know until you know. Yeah. I think the, the one thing that the one takeaway as a head coach is this, the gravity of every de single decision you have to make daily. Um, and, and that's, I mean, it's probably not one thing It's probably everything, right. And it's just like, you're making every single decision, um, every day. 
And I, uh, like as an assistant, I think you work just as hard as assistant, but you, your um, the job description just lends itself to just being a little more, you know, singularly driven on one or two, three things. Uh, as a head coach, you're dealing with a, 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 a much more. <laughs> I'll just say it that way. Uh, so you know that, that I think it's just the um, impact of every single decision. You talked at the outset about how many. You had to recruit a lot of players for Fordham. You had to bring a lot of coaches in. Um, you know, what were you looking for in putting a team together and putting your first staff together? Um, well, I'll start with a staff. Um, you know, we we um, honestly, I, I got really lucky because uh, you know, obviously leaving Villanova, I felt like when I left here, I thought we had the best culture in college basketball. Um, and that was something I was trying to recreate at Fordham. Um, so I, we were lucky to get, you know, a couple of Villanova guys to come work with us at Fordham. Uh, Henry Lowe, Rob DePersia, Keith Ergo. Um, those guys were, you know, had all, um, you know, uh, Henry Lowe played at Villanova and coached, Rob DePersia coached, and Keith Ergo coached at Villanova. So they kind of knew what we were trying to to build. Um, and that, that was incredibly uh, good for us, especially early, because you didn't have to teach the staff what you were trying to accomplish. They kind of already had a great feel for it. Um, and then we got a couple of pit guys, um, and Ronald Ramon and uh, Trey uh, Woodall, um, who also played in the old Big East and kind of you know, played against Villanova and knew and, and had like kind of similar um, ideas about what you know, what, what, like it was very similar, the thought process on how how you were going to win games. So um, we, we got incredibly lucky with having a, a big time staff. Um, I feel like, you know, without them, they're, we, they're not even close and their their cohesion and buy in without them uh, definitely don't have the type of year that we have. What was it like to win your first game as a head coach at Fordham? Was it exhilarating? Was it relief? Was it Okay, great. What's next? How did what was it I like? Think it was kind of okay, great. What's next? Like when you, uh, I think the, again the the gravity of every single decision. You're just making so many decisions all the time. Um, you know, I don't think you have time to like sit around and think about okay, how good this is. It's like okay, now we have to do an interview. Okay, let's prep for the next game. Um, and that, that that's kind of always been my thought process on, on life. Period. Um, you know, just you know, taking each situation for what it is and then moving on. What is the biggest thing you learned from Jay Wright being on his staff? I don't think, and I, you know, I've answered this question a bunch over the last year, especially on what you know I learned from, it. and what I realized early on is that I would say something different every interview. I was like, all right, he's an unbelievable X and O's, true. All right, he's a great person to be around, true. All right, he's one of the best guys at running a program, true. And what I realized is I learned so much from him and that's that's the I think that's the takeaway is that he is so well-rounded and so and good at so many things you got you got a chance to see so much at a high level and I think that's the biggest takeaway when you're in a situation like this you're taking over a top-level program and obviously you want to stick with what's working but you also it's important you put your stamp on things and what is the balancing act there between you know keeping what's working but also doing things that you know the way you want them done 
you know, I don't know if I look at it like that. Um, I think right now, um, my my job is to um, make sure that I'm staying true to what Villanova has become here under coach, right? And, um, you know, I, I, I look at it as if I, you know, put everything into this um, and, you know, stay true to our core values um, and the tradition that, that, that coaches build here, um, then it's a success. Like, and that, that's what I'm going to try to do, just to work as hard as possible um, and leave all the chips on the tape. When word broke that you were taking over the program, ballpark, how many texts slash phone calls did you think you get in 24 hours? I don't know because it stayed at 400 for like the first three days and I was responding like as much as I could. So I, I don't know exactly how many, but it was, it was a lot, a good was, amount. Was it overwhelming? I mean, it's obviously a thrilling time, but it's a lot. It's, it's crazy because, you know, I just went through the same thing last year. Right. So like you go through, it, it was almost like, it was kind of surreal because it was like, I, I was doing the same thing at this time last year. Um, so, you know, this time I was way better at getting back to people. Um, cause I learned, I learned that last from last time. What is your favorite part of what you do? Uh, getting to be around, um, high achieving young men, um, and, and getting to help them along their, their path. Uh, it's, it's, for me, it's really rewarding, uh, to see, especially the guys we have here at Villanova, they're, they're really special people, um, you know, and getting to see them and help push them along the way, but just seeing how, uh, seeing how high achieving they are and how special they are has been very reward, um, rewarding. Do you prefer games or practice from a coaching standpoint? Cause I've asked this question before and I'm always surprised. It's kind of a, everyone would just assume, Oh, it's gotta be the games, but there are guys that like practice. Do you prefer games or do you like practice where you can work with the kids and, and get them better? I think, I mean, for me, I won't spoke on most coaches, but I would think that most coaches would would love the practice part of it because that's, I mean, the, whatever you do in the game is going to be built in practice, right? Um, so I, for for me, for sure, um, being in practice and um, pushing the guys as hard as possible, and um, you know, creating a team, and you know, that that kind of uh, that that process is is pretty cool to be a part of. If I went back in time and talked to Kyle Neptune, senior at Lehigh University, and told him what's in front of him, would he believe it? Um, I would say absolutely not. <laughs> absolutely not. I don't think I, I wasn't honestly, even as a senior in college, I wasn't even thinking about being a coach. You know, in my demented mind, I think I still thought I had a chance to be a, a NBA player. So I, I wasn't I wasn't thinking about being a coach at all. And opening night for you as Villanova head coach will be here before you know it. What do you think your emotions will be that first time you're on the sideline there? You know what? I have no idea. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm still um, pinching myself right now and trying to get through day by day. And when that time comes, uh, I'm sure I'll, I'll uh, have a treasure trove of emotions, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm focused on the now. Kyle Neptune, this was so much fun. Thanks for taking the time. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. And that will do it for this week's episode. Want to thank new Villanova men's basketball coach Kyle Neptune for being our guest. Now, if you like the show and you want to help us out, if you listen on Apple Podcasts, leave us a rating and a review. 
You can follow the show on Twitter at one on one pod. You can follow me on Twitter as well at Matt Leon 1060. Thanks so much for listening and be sure to join us again next week when we bring you another conversation with someone you should know more about.